0: Hello, beautiful being, and welcome back to the Manifest Edit podcast. I hope you're having an amazing day wherever in the world you are currently based. And I am really fucking fired to share this episode with you and have decided to actually do it in two parts because I don't know about you, but I'm someone who likes kind of shorter podcast episodes. So I like to keep my podcast episodes under an hour, and I know that this one would probably definitely be more than that. So I want to take you all over Europe with me. If you don't already know, I just got back from two months this European summer. So for August and September, I was overseas in Europe, nine countries, eight weeks, and just the most incredible stories and also mindset shifts during that time as well. And I want to share that experience with you. Some of the travel stories, the mindset shifts I made, some of the things that I didn't share on Instagram. You know, you guys always get the insider deeds and whatever is going on. And yeah, if you are thinking about maybe traveling alone for the first time or doing a bit of a bigger adventure and you're looking for some inspiration this is the episode for you and for me solo travel comes really really naturally to me now but it was something when I went on my first solo trip it was something I never wanted to do like I've never been someone that's like whoa solo traveling looks so amazing I'm like I don't know how these people do it and When I moved to Australia, which was at the end of 2016, I was meant to be moving overseas with one of my close friends and then about three weeks before we were due to go, my friend said she was no longer be coming and that I should probably go on this trip by myself. To be honest, I didn't really want to go on this trip by myself. But I was like, oh, I have too much invested in this now to cancel. I've given up my apartment. I've organized a leaving party and, you know, I wasn't going to have a job. So all of these things would be up in the air and almost the easier option just seemed like getting on the plane even though I was incredibly incredibly anxious about doing it and so all in the lead up those three weeks I was so so anxious but what I did was watch solo travel vlogs read blogs of people who'd traveled by themselves it helped me to feel more ready and then honestly like landing in Bangkok which was I was doing seven weeks in Asia first before then going on to Australia and then landing in Bangkok and just feeling like this whole new world had been opened up to me I was like I am going to love this and I did and so then every year after that for my birthday which is in October I bought myself a solo trip so Japan, Philippines, Germany, um, South Korea I think now actually given this past trip almost 20 countries I've traveled to by myself and it has been an absolute life-changing experience in every sense of the word and the summer was a life-changing experience as well and I want to share that with you. Before we get into this week's episode though if you haven't already I want to invite you to leave a review for the Manifest Edit podcast. Reviews are one of the best ways for people to find and experience the podcast because it gives them a little bit of an idea of what to expect before deciding whether or not they want to dedicate their time to listening it. It also helps me in terms of growing my podcast, building the podcast, and getting it out there because reviews are one of the things that the um, algorithm uses to push out podcast recommendations. So if you could head to, this is on iTunes by the way, I don't think Spotify has a system for this yet, but if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can just tap to open the podcast and you'll see the most recent episodes and then you scroll down to the bottom to the part that says ratings and reviews. What you want to do is not just tap to rate, but where it says write a review and then just take a couple of minutes to leave an on review. Maybe there's a particular episode that resonates with you or whatever reason it is that keeps you coming back to the podcast and just take a few moments to to type that review because i really truly appreciate the reviews that i get for the podcast i also love hearing your feedback and what specific parts resonate with you and yeah it's just an all-around good time for everyone so that is just heading to the podcast opening up the podcast title scrolling down to the bottom if you're on itunes and going to write a review not just leave a rating and in advance thank you so getting into this week's episode, which is all about part one, Europe and the mindset shifts and um, solo travel intent create cultivating intentional experiences. So for the first four, four countries, how are we going to break it up is four countries, four countries. The first four countries that I went to, which we are going to be talking about in this half of the episode is Dubai, Brussels, France and Monaco. And now going back to that first fateful solo trip I took in 2016. Before I actually took that trip, in 2015, a friend from uni had mentioned going on a Euro trip, and we had floated this idea of both traveling Europe together. It was something I was really into, having spent a few months living in America and then traveling afterwards. I had begun to open my eyes to travel outside of just like traveling with my family, and it was something that I was really excited to do. But again the friend pulled out of that experience we hadn't put any money into it or booked any flights and it was just an idea at that point so it wasn't as big a loss but Europe was something that I had always wanted to do like in in my 20s and I'm now 29 it was my birthday last week so thanks 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 guys (laughs) and now that I'm you know I'm in my I was getting towards my At that point, I was in my early 20s and I'm like, woo, Euro trip. And it seemed like every year after that, it just never felt like the time to take it. Living in Australia, Europe is actually very far away. It's a 24 hour flight, two flights. And it's just so much easier for me to travel to Asia. So I normally just end up traveling to Asia. And then I had planned to go in 2020. And then as we know, the world drastically changed. So it just never happened. So it's a trip that I've been wanting to take since 2015. And then things just keep coming up. Things just keep coming up. So taking this trip this year just felt really special to me. And it also felt like, okay, the timing is now. And you may have found with things that you're manifesting, like you have an idea of, oh yes, I'm definitely ready to have this thing in my life, like I'm ready for the relationship or I'm ready to be feeling this certain way or I'm ready to manifest this new job. But when you actually look at your life situation with hindsight, what you can see is divine timing absolutely exists. And while I could have taken that trip in 2015, it would have been on nowhere near the scale that I took it this year and that's not to say that it wouldn't have been a fun experience like budget backpacking and maybe with the mindset that I had then but I'm so much more confident now I'm so much more open now and it's not just a case of having more money now which I do but there are so many things that have changed internally which made this um just an incredible experience for me so if you are feeling the pull the pull (laughs) If you're feeling the pull to go traveling and you know it is a desire for you and there are all these external circumstances that don't feel like they're truly lined up i want you to know that if you feel the call follow the call this trip was certainly not perfect although it was like the trip of my dreams there were so many things that mm, i don't want to say wrong but went wrong but definitely did not go according to plan even just getting out out there in the trip in the first place I was in um, Bali in May, and when I got back from Bali, I realized I actually was going to have to renew my passport in order to go on this trip, and I had maybe eight weeks until I was due to leave on this Euro trip, and I hadn't renewed my passport, and because of all the CVID renewals, there was a huge backlogs and renewals, so at the point I sent my passport away, it was like, cool, expect your passport back in 11 weeks. I did not have 11 weeks. I also meant when it came to booking flights in advance, I was cautious to do that because, okay, how am I going to book flights when I don't actually know when I'm going to have my passport back and when I'm going to be leaving? So ultimately what happened is I just took a leap of faith. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to book in tickets for the week of Tomorrowland, which was one of the big, big things I had, you know, one of the big points I geared my trip around. There were two main events I needed to be in Europe for. One was Tomorrowland and one was my sister's wedding and so i booked my flights for the week of tomorrowland like hopefully the passport's going to be back by this time this would have been seven weeks and also i just began booking stuff as if i was actually going so yes with booking.com you can book accommodation and you can cancel it and things like that so that was really helpful but with flights if you do change them especially when you're booking well with the budget airline the cancellation fees are pretty significant but with if you are booking with a more expensive airline i was booking with emirates because i was traveling long distance so it was i think 200 dollars to change the flight or to cancel the flight entirely in fact no i think changes were whatever the difference was in between the flight you'd booked and the actual cost but cancellations were 200 so you know i didn't want to lose that money but it's like okay worse comes to worse at least i know that i can get some money back also because of the timing and everything booking flights to europe two months in advance given the rate of travel this summer were extremely extremely expensive the most expensive flights i've ever booked in my life uh it was it was difficult to part with that money for two flights which was almost um nearly three thousand dollars australian dollars for those flights just to brussels return flights so australia to brussels brussels to australia on the way back with a stopover in dubai on both occasions so parting with that amount of money on flights again was something that was that was quite a big deal for me. Normally, it cost me half of that, I would say, to go to the UK and back. so this was just a huge uh, a huge investment, but one that I just knew that I mean I can't miss my sister's wedding. <laughs> and I did really want to do all these other things as well. So because I had these two things I wanted to go to, I decided to make a whole trip of it, not just go across for these two things, especially when it's such a long flight, and to really, really enjoy myself. And so in terms of the investment for the trip in total, it was a pretty large investment, but it's something that is a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience for me, getting to travel Europe this way in my 20s getting to have all of these experiences see my friends like who I haven't seen in three years or some of my family and I've not seen in three years as well because I haven't left the country in that long so it was I want to say around $18,000 for two months which is including all the flights from Australia to Brussels all the internal flights I took which was maybe maybe six seven internal flights that I took if not more train travel accommodation for all of these places and activities as well so I think for what I experienced it was pretty reasonable although I chose to go at a very expensive time of year also to clarify this is 18,000 Australian dollars so in US dollars that's more around the 10,000 $10, dollars mark and in pounds that is around wait that's not right <laughs> let me get the converter up Okay, in pounds it's like 10,000 pounds as well. So yeah, 10,000 pounds, 11,000 11,000 US dollars, 18,000 Australian dollars. So it was, you know, that does sound like a lot of money and it was a lot of money, but I chose to go at a very expensive time. Flights are super expensive right now. I would say at least if not more, a quarter of the budget was flights itself, given the fact that even just my flight to leave the country and come back were three thousand dollars. So a lot of people who are booking Euro trips are booking them from within Europe, which makes it significantly less, or even US, it's not as far to go from Australia. Australia is literally as far away from the UK as you can get. And although it was a large investment, having envisioned this trip for the past five years and also began thinking about it more seriously and doing research at the beginning of the year, this was actually in the ballpark, if not a bit less than how much I was expecting expecting to spend. And also I had, you know, factored that into my budget. So I had saved that money knowing that I was probably going to spend that much. So obviously wherever you're going, you do want to live within your means. Like I didn't want to, in the past, I did do a trip in America where I was like, okay, I'm only going to be here once at this time in my life. I don't want to feel like I have to pass up opportunities just because I don't have the money. And I did go into my overdraft so I could go skydiving so I think I went like 200 pounds or something into my overdraft and that was like I've never maxed out my overdraft um I don't think overdraft is a universal thing but basically you know like money you can borrow like having your credit card but like less intense so I went into my overdraft for that trip I've never gone into my overdraft for another trip since I I would always just prefer to have the money to be able to spend. Obviously, if you have good financial um, financial literacy and you feel comfortable spending that money in your credit card, knowing that you're going to pay it back, that is an option. And I know there are tons of travel credit cards out there that give you good deals and flights and points and things like that. That's not something that I've really explored yet. Although I did rack up some significant Emirates miles, which is amazing and I'm looking forward to spending those in the future but yeah financial literacy is important don't don't bankrupt yourself to go traveling you can do a trip like I did doing you know staying in hostels instead of staying in hotels and airbnbs or couch surfing or making your own food instead of eating out all the time there are ways to do this trip for a lot less but I just wanted to do this trip as I wanted to do it and so I I said yes to everything every opportunity I wanted to do Michelin star restaurants going to events I just I wanted to do everything and I felt really grateful to be at a place in my life where that was a possibility and it's like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode in divine timing and for me this trip really did feel so I'm getting goosebumps as well like it just felt like it's hard to put into words like how special this was to me and so I don't share the amount that I spent on this trip with you to to brag, but to give you an insight because I think, you know, we need to be more open about financial things and how much money we're spending, how much money you can expect to spend. And and, and I want to be an open book with you when it comes to things like this. So that is how much I spent. You can certainly do it for less. You can definitely do it for more. I did a combination of Airbnbs and hotels and I booked everything pretty much a month to six weeks before so if you're someone who is uh, a planner and you like to know loads of stuff in advance then things can certainly be done a lot more on the budget end of things conversely if you're someone who's super last minute and you like to do things super luxurious expect to be paying a bit more and so you know when it does come to the mindset of traveling on a long longer term basis rather than you know I think crossing the month to month territory it takes it from being just a holiday to a traveling experience and you do have to have a mindset going into what I would say some term longer term travel is you need to be really intentional about what you want to have out of that experience and when it's just a holiday i feel like the mentality that you have towards things can be can be slightly different and even you know, I was in Bali in, in May and the mindset that I had to that trip was completely different than I had to going into this trip. So for me, I I felt like I was really, really intentional about what I wanted from this trip. I knew that I wanted to manifest all these first-class experiences. I knew that I wanted to tick these things off my vision board that had been on there since the beginning of the year. I knew I wanted to spend quality time with my friends and family. I wanted to eat loads of really good food. I wanted to have loads of introspective time for myself where I wasn't just spending time by myself because I couldn't find anyone to hang out with, but I was consciously spending time by myself because I wanted to spend time by myself and I wanted to have these really visceral spiritual experiences in different countries I knew all of these things about the trip so going into it 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 already felt like a really spiritual experience for me before I even stepped foot on the plane which is funny because talking about stepping foot on the plane I had just like severe severe anxiety almost to the point of my first solo trip that I took back in 2016 before leaving I was just I think also because I was super last minute. So I was still packing up to a couple of hours before I needed to be at the airport, which is something I would never normally do. I was feeling like physical symptoms of anxiety. I was super on edge, really shaky. Um, Just like this really anxious energy that came out of nowhere. I was saying to my friend because my initial plan was, oh, I'm going to go do this Euro trip for two months. And then for my birthday, two weeks later, I'm going to fly back out to Bali. And then within the first day, I was like, I'm not flying back out to Bali. <laughs> I'm not. And I am so glad I did that because the amount of traveling I had done by the end was, was pretty exhausting. So, yeah, going into it, I did actually feel a little bit on edge. And I think just because it was it was such a big trip and there were so many things I planned. And also I try not to get sucked into bad news and reading lots of negativity and things online but I'd read about everyone being like don't check luggage you're gonna lose your suitcase you're gonna lose all your things all the flights are being delayed and flights are being cancelled I didn't have one single flight that was cancelled I had one one or two Ryanair flights that were delayed but that's classic Ryanair, didn't have my bags lost at all, everything on that front went incredibly smoothly. I think it was just those first couple of days of an adjustment period of getting back into the flow of things travel-wise and um, because I had just done a trip in May which I'd got back from in June and then I was going, I was flying back out again in July so I hadn't really properly calibrated into my home life before like being, going back out into travel again. So being intentional about what you want from your travel experience, whether it's how much money you want to spend and the kind of things you want to spend your money on, the people you want to be surrounded by, how you want to feel internally. Maybe there's some things that you want to work out, like I want to have clarity on my relationship or clarity on the next steps in my life. Knowing these things make travel a really intentional experience. And for me, travel isn't just about going to a new country and bathing in the sun you can tell how often I sunbathe considering the lingua I use it's not really something that I'm that into um it's much more for me about the people that I meet and the experiences that I get to have and what I learn about myself and so having that level of intentionality is just it just adds a new layer to the trip and this is why I created my workbook, Manifest and Reflect, which is all about setting intentions at the beginning of the month and reflecting at the end of the month and thinking about what you actually want to create in your reality and having that control over it and working with the universe to to manifest those desires. And so... Absolutely, when I'm going on my trip, I'm taking days to journal and thinking about my intentions, reflecting on the experiences I've had, maybe ways I've reacted in certain situations, and just being super self-aware. So if that's something you're interested in doing, whether it is for a trip that you're planning or manifesting something into your reality, by the way, this is a workbook that you can use month after month, so you can use every single month, then I highly recommend purchasing Manifest and Reflect. You can grab it from the link in the show notes. It is $22. it you get a 13-page workbook it has a plan of um how you do your manifestation planning for the month as well as for the month end and then loads of really insightful journal prompts in there and how to work with the universe to bring about your next level reality and my clients have just had the most incredible successes from using this process and it was actually one of my previous one-on-one clients that inspired me to create this because she's like okay After our time together, how do I keep this up? How do I keep going towards my goals? How do I keep manifesting these things into my life without you there to support me and hold me accountable to these things? And manifest and reflect is a result of that. So going into my trip, super intentional, even though I did have like a bit of a wobble at the beginning of the trip, like, like, what am I doing? This is so long. Like, I'm such a homebody. Like, I love my home. I love my apartment. I love my flatmate. I love my friends. So going away, I was like, what am I doing? and I'm not normally like that, so I think it was just, yeah, maybe just internally, like my system was like a little bit out of balance at that point in time, but within the first few days, I had begun to acclimatize and see like things are going well, everything is okay, I'm enjoying my experiences. So the first place that I went to was Dubai, and this was actually a free stuffover that I had manifested. So Dubai is somewhere that I've wanted to visit, but it's somewhere that I would not book a trip just to go to Dubai. It doesn't make sense for me. It's not somewhere that I'm hugely like, I must go to Dubai before I die. Whereas the Euro trip was like, I must do this before I die. Dubai is somewhere that's just like, oh, I would really like to go there. It's kind of on the way, but kind of out of the way. So when it came up that if you book certain flights through Emirates, they're eligible for a free stopover in Dubai. I was like, this is it. This is my chance. This is my opportunity. And so Emirates put you up in a hotel. They give you um, meals while you're there in your stopover and they also give you free transport to the airport and back, which is amazing And so I get to Dubai and I have maybe 20 in the region of 20 hours for my stopover So it's not a lot of a time a lot of time, but it is enough time to do a couple of things I end up meeting this family this mom and her two kids in the lobby and we end up exploring Dubai together so we went to the Burj Khalifa and then we went to the Dubai Mall together which was really fun going with kids, actually, because obviously I'm so used to traveling with myself or with friends. I've never traveled with children before. So thinking about, oh, like what's cool things that they're going to want to see and taking them to like a sweetie factory and taking them to the aquarium, but not going inside because I don't support that, but showing them the fish from the outside. It was so, so much fun. And she was such an interesting person um, that you know, it was really interesting meeting someone from like a different walk of life from me and different religious backgrounds and I learned so much from just that like experience and it was so cute. She was like talking to the girl. She's like, How lucky and how blessed are we that we got to do this with the FIA and the Fia is so nice and I was just yeah, it felt such a good wholesome start to the trip. And then I met my friend for dinner that evening and that was my little introduction to Dubai. I love the temperature. I'm someone who loves being extremely hot it was extremely warm and it was just great to break up the flying from australia to europe because it really is training (laughs) flying for 24 hours continuously It's, it's it's a lot it takes a lot out of you and breaking it up with that stopover in dubai where you can get a bed you can lie horizontally you have your own space it was just i think that's the only way for me to fly from now on is having that stopover in between That's longer than just a few hours. You can sleep properly and then move forward. And then after that, I headed to Tomorrowland. Again, this was another experience that I manifested super last minute. Tomorrowland is traditionally really hard to get tickets for. And just by chance, I'd managed to get a waiting list ticket in like the same 48 hours that I signed up for it. And I would bought this ticket before I even had a passport. And I'm like, oh shit, I don't have a passport. How am I going to get here? So um I booked in for Tomorrowland and then one of my friends was also going to be going is going to be there at the same time as I was which happened for a couple of experiences while I was traveling is that I believe if there's somewhere you want to go don't wait around to have other people be like yes I'm going to come with you on this trip my philosophy now going into travel is I'm gonna book this trip, I'm gonna book these dates, and then if people are gonna be there at that time, amazing, that's great. If not, I know I'm still gonna have an incredible time by myself. And so for Tomorrowland, I could have gone by myself, I would have been comfortable going by myself, although I think I would have had more fun going with friends. I am not afraid to go to an event by myself especially if I was not camping there like setting up a tent by yourself and sleeping in a tent by yourself not so much fun but because we were staying in Antwerp and then taking the train into the festival it it did definitely feel like something that I could have done solo and I know there are so many people who go to Tomorrowland by themselves as well. And so in the weeks leading up to going to Tomorrowland, I am someone who, you know, when you like watch a movie and then it's just the end of the movie and your friends are like, oh, that was a nice movie. And then you're like researching into the actor's blood type. Who are they in a relationship? What other movie have they been in? That's me. I'm that kind of person. So in the lead up to Tomorrowland, I'm just constantly reading everything on the website. I'm joining Reddit groups and contributing to forums. I'm listening into conversations. And in that space, I find a WhatsApp group, a Tomorrowland WhatsApp group, which I join, which is loads of people talking about meetups, best um, stages to go to, just like secret little insights of things that you wouldn't know, like they don't have. For example, this year they had cans of water as opposed to bottles of water. So bring your own kind of plastic water bottle if you don't want to be walking around um, with a with a can of water the whole time, which is just an annoyance and meeting people through that group. actually ended up meeting one guy through the whatsapp group and we spent the weekend with him he was so much fun and he was actually one of those people that went to tomorrowland by himself and he just like loved joining in with our group of girls and just having the best time and so tomorrowland was so 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 much fun for me and it always kind of blows my mind a little bit when i see people saying online that going into a nightclub is not a very spiritual experience and that people who go there are lost and they're all looking for something because for me partying is a very spiritual experience. I love Number one, I love dancing like I just feel like so connected to like my feminine essence, the best version of me when I'm dancing. I feel free. I feel open. I feel like my heart is open. I just love it. So when I see people saying that people go to nightclubs because they're lost and their souls need saved, I'm like, I just don't really resonate with that. And for me, festivals are like a nightclub on, on a much bigger scale. In a way nicer way because you've got like the outside environment, it's daytime, you get to wear cool outfits, which is one of my favorite parts. You get to spend, you know, dress up and just freedom of expression is what music festivals are about for me. I went to my first festival when I was 14 years old. I went to Glastonbury, which is one of the biggest festivals in the world. I think the capacity is like 270,000 people. I'd never been to a music festival before that, and it just completely opened my eyes. It was incredible. The people, the experiences, the music, the art, everything about it. And every year since then, I've been to a music festival COVID permitting. And so going to Tomorrowland, which is one of the most famous music festivals in the world, felt like a really spiritual experience for me. There were times where I just wanted to cry because I felt so blessed. I felt so connected. I was meeting such interesting people, dancing with really fun people. And I just felt in my element. It also been three years since my last music festival due to COVID and it's something that I've missed so, so, so much. So I think anything can be a spiritual experience, can be a light experience, can be an uplifting experience if you decide for it to be. I've never resonated with the idea that partying is only for really lost people. And maybe if you have ventured into the realms of addictions or you're intending to go out for that escapism of like leaving your life behind, not in a positive way, but because you you just want to like, I need alcohol to be able to switch off. But for me, it's never actually, no, there was one point in my life when it was like that, like in my master's year of university, where I was just like partying three nights of three nights a week, like back to back, just because I was like. I just want to not think about anything and think about how stressed I am with everything that's going on right now. So yes, there was a brief period in my life where I was just like partying to 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 be doing something, to just be like losing control, I guess. <laughs> but that has not been a thing for me since 2015. So now for me, partying is just like a really fun experience. I like to do. I'm a very extroverted person and I like to be around other people. So it comes back to being intentional about the experiences that you want to have and for me values as well you know what I always talk about in the vibes method is to manifest the things that you want into your reality you have to embody the vibe of the person that has it and embody the values that are important to you connecting with other people is one of my absolute biggest values it's so so important to me to Connect with people who are like obviously my friends and my family, but meeting new people that encourage me to be more open minded and to change my points of view and to learn more about the world is one of the most important things in my life. So knowing what your values are also changes the way that you have your your travel experience. You know, solo travel is something that is hugely important to me and reflects my values. But for other people... It just it just isn't as important. And that's that's totally okay. So am I doing this to escape or connect? Am I doing this for X or X? Being really self aware of the decisions that you're making allows you to make them from a really conscious place after i finished up at tomorrowland i was just like this is the best weekend and i was like how how is anything gonna top this because i had such a great time the airbnb i booked was absolutely perfect i had this whole studio space to myself they had even tea bags in there so every morning i would sit and i would have my yogurt and my rice cakes i would have my green tea and just like amp myself out for the weekend oh also with tomorrowland The girls, uh, it was one of my friends I did know, and one of her friends. And every time we'd walk into Moraland, you get off the train from Antwerp to Boom. And then from Boom, there's about a 20 minute walk to the festival site itself. So the first day, this was actually like kind of boring (laughs) Uh, before this trip. I wasn't a massive walker. I'm not I wasn't a hot girl walks kind of person. But as we're on this walk, I'm like, okay, girls, this is a good time to think about what intentions do we want to set for today at the festival? So I can't actually remember what our day specific ones were, but I know one day there was like, I wanna make out with a cute guy. Another day was like, I wanna manifest free drinks. I wanna manifest a new friend. I wanna manifest an after party. These were just things that we were like intending to do. And I think to begin with, the girls were a little bit like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's set our intentions for the weekend. By Sunday, my friend Verity is like, is it time to set our intentions yet? Do we get to set our intentions for the weekend yet? And I just thought it's like, I love sharing these experiences with people. I love not being like the weird friend but actually opening people's eyes to things in like a really gentle way not like we have to set our intentions or the weekend is going to go terribly just like introducing it lightly like hey wouldn't it be fun if we like set intentions for the weekend together and I did an episode previously about oh how can I bring my friends or how can I bring my partner on this journey with me and you can't force anyone into anything but lightly suggesting things like that like oh maybe we could do a meditation together which is something that I've done with partners and friends or why don't we meditate together why don't we set an intention together making it like a really fun playful thing to do is always a better way to to share a bit more of your life as someone than being like we have to do this i want you to believe what i believe otherwise it's not gonna work out right people don't typically respond well to that so of course we manifested every single intention that we set for tomorrowland i even i topped up my card for tomorrowland the cashless card i think i put about like 200 euros on there i spent 50. 50 for the whole weekend i spent 50 euros and that was only on buying drinks for my friends the whole rest of the weekend people were buying me drinks were just and I don't to be honest I don't drink that much but people were buying me drinks they were offering um we were entering competitions and stuff like the whole weekend it was just like exactly what I wanted it couldn't have gone any better truly and yeah I'm just uh, in awe so that wrapping up Tomorrowland, my next stop was France, which was somewhere where I was going to be going by myself. Paris was somewhere that I felt a massive pull to when I was booking my trip. I didn't know for what reason exactly. I just knew I am going to love Paris. Paris is somewhere that I see a lot of people talk about online as being incredibly overrated. I have been to Paris once before when I was um, maybe 10 years old because it was the last family holiday we went on before my mom passed away. And I don't really remember that much of it, but this year I just felt the pull to go back there. There's just something about it. And so the South of France is somewhere that I also decided to go to as it was gonna like bridge, bridge the gap for me on the way to Italy. In France, specifically in Paris, I use Bumble BFF, which is one of my favorite ways to connect with people when I'm traveling solo. It's an offshoot of the Bumble dating app, but specifically for making friends. And so I met up with one, two, I think three, three different girls of Bumble BFF in Paris. No, two different girls of Bumble BFF in Paris, and then one in Cannes. And I loved them. We had the best experience. And then even two of the girls I met separately, I was like, oh, these girls are gonna love each other. And even af- and after I left, I was like, you guys should connect. And they went and did like a best friend date together, which is like one of my favorite things. Like when my friends like each other, it's just like, oh, it just feels so good. So I love that they loved each other. And it was just about those intentional experiences. Again, it's like, I knew that I wanted to go to Paris and I knew that I wanted to have these incredible experiences and and meet people there. It was something I was really intentional about. And a mindset shift for me was when I first began traveling solo, it very much was my mindset. Like I worried about what if I don't meet people? What if I don't make friends? What if I'm alone? I was really... Anxious to be in my own company, whereas now I do truly love my own company. I was <laughs> I was asked out on a date recently to my favorite restaurant, and I was like, actually, I would prefer not to go. I this is just like a restaurant. I like to go by myself. I don't, I don't want to go with you. And I feel really comfortable saying that because some things are just like precious for me. Going to cinema again is something that um, if you invite me to the cinema with you, I- I'm probably not going to come. It just doesn't really make any sense for me to go with other people. I prefer just to do it alone. Shopping, I prefer to do alone. I do, I do like hanging out with other people, but there are just things I'm precious over doing alone. And so when I first was introduced to solo travel, I was just so scared to be alone. I was so scared to not meet anyone. I was so scared to be by myself. And after having experienced travel throughout the world where I did meet people, no matter what situation I was in, I knew that on this trip, it wasn't going to be an issue for me to meet people at all so the first half of my trip in Paris I didn't even really make an effort to make friends I just wanted to explore by myself so my ritual every day was I would have lunch and then I would get the tube into just like a random area and then just explore that area and eat everything I wanted to eat I would There was this one particular bar that I love bizou uh, which translates to kisses and it was a bar where they had no menu. They just made a cocktail based on your vibe and what they thought you'd enjoy. I had so many banging cocktails in there. I went there the first day I went there and then I went back the second day and they're like, Scotland, you're back. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was really great. And with the girls, we did some touristy stuff like going to the Eiffel Tower, going to this specific cafe for chocolate show, And it was... It was a really beautiful full circle moment for me because meeting people added something to my experience. But if I hadn't met them, it still would have been great. It still would have been a really beautiful experience for me. Moving on from there, the next place I went to stay was Nice. And it was really funny because the room that I was renting was someone's lived-in room. So it was a room that wasn't just specifically for Airbnb, but they were like living in that room as well. Not at the same time as me, obviously. (laughs) Um, But it's not like... I don't know how to describe some Airbnbs you go to, and no one else lives in there. It's just purely for Airbnb, but this was like someone's room that they're renting out. I hope I'm explaining this in a way that you understand. So I got to this room, and it's a room that someone else has been living in. I'm like, hmm, this is really interesting. I wonder if this person does what I do. And even though the books were in French, I saw I could translate that one was like a book about hypnosis this person had pictures of like Tony Robbins stuck on their wall, they had a couple of ring lights, I'm like, these are things that I would have, and I did actually end up having a chat with the Airbnb host a few days later, and he's just like, oh, what do you do for work, And I'm like, I'm a manifestation coach, and he's like, oh, I'm a coach as well, and I was like, I fucking knew it, I knew it, so uh, south of France was really beautiful as well, I did a lot of day trips, I met a girl, and we actually, so I met this girl, we agreed to meet in the train station, and we we're gonna do a gate, Day trip to Cannes together. I'm buying the train tickets and she's like, "Oh, make sure to." I just put in random dates because we were running late and I just wanted to. I put in random date of birth just to do it as quickly as possible. And she's like, "Oh no, we better put in the right date of birth just like, in case something goes wrong." And I'm like, "Yep, sure." And she's like, "Yeah, um, today is actually my birthday." I was like what and she was so casual about dropping in the fact that it was her birthday and we just had the most beautiful birthday day out in Cannes for her and then they got back from the bathroom and she paid for lunch for both of us because she was just like so grateful to spend her birthday with someone and exploring together which was just so so sweet and um, yeah everything that I did in the south of France was day trips I went to Monaco as well which was one of my day trips from France I went to the car what's it called Monte Carlo casino I was winning until I wasn't winning I got overly excited which is what has happened to me the only two times I've been to a casino in my life have both been this year and both times my intuition has said because um, I like the red or black game I like this game so my intuition has told me which call to go for I win the first time and then I get overly excited and I'm like let's keep going even though beforehand I'm like we're just gonna do it once and then we're gonna withdraw I get too excited and I'm like keep going win more and then end up end up losing everything so (laughs) in in Melbourne at least I knew to call it quits in 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 Monaco yeah I lost everything but when you're in Monaco you're watching people spend tens of thousands of dollars on a level that I've never I've never seen before and just like losing tens of thousands of dollars and being really chill about it I lost like a hundred dollars and I was like I'm never coming here again I can't believe I lost so much money meanwhile people next to me are losing like tens of thousands of dollars I'm like what what but at the end of the day it wasn't really a a huge loss because it added to the experience you know i i got to gamble in the carlo monte carlo casino i got to hang out there i got to gamble there which is really fun got to you know and i i think that's also an important lesson in in manifesting is that not to take everything so personally when you don't get what you want I used to be like this in the past and you know even still sometimes today it's something that I do have to be really conscious about changing my mindset around is when is a loss not a loss and making these failures and setbacks not mean something about who you are as a person or how much value you have in the world and I know the casino is just like such as something such a small scale but when manifesting things we really can take it so personally and on the flip side like if you do manifest it you're like oh yes like you know you don't want to make it too too much of your value as a person is contingent to what you do or don't manifest into your life because then that becomes to be they begin to become like a really a really dangerous place to be in when your value is only attributed to what you can achieve in your life so for me right now the way that i view myself is as a queen. I feel like a princess, absolute queen. I love and value myself. Um, I wanna say wholeheartedly, although I'm a human like everyone else, so I don't always feel like 100% about myself. I definitely have anxious days, I have down days. I have challenges just as everyone else does, but I feel like I feel really good about myself. Like, probably the best that I felt about myself in, in my entire life, and maybe that also comes with, with getting a bit older and being able to look back on things very objectively. But I think it's an important mindset shift to make is like it may feel like a loss in the moment but what else can you gain from that experience people use that light to throw around that phrase like everything happens for a reason yes and mm, sometimes because you have to be like willing to look at that experience and say like what reason can I take from this what reason can I gain from this I think people find that expression challenging when something really tragic or devastating has happened in your life and you're saying like okay well You know, for me, my mom passed away when I was 14. And for people who say to me, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. I do find that, I find that hard to take on. (laughs) I I do still find that hard to take on, although it has led me on the path I'm on today. And it has developed me into the person I am. I'm, you know, it's also given me this level of unique level of empathy. But when other people are like, you know, everything happens for a reason in relation to my trauma... It doesn't sit well with me (laughs) it doesn't really sit well with me so when we're looking back at things that maybe have not gone exactly the way you want them to just asking yourself the question like what do i want to take for this experience and also what am i making this experience mean and then when you discover the meaning that you're giving to it is this a meaning that you you want for this to mean Is this a meaning that is conducive to your success? Is this a meaning that's making you feel good about yourself? Or is this causing you to beat yourself up and feel like you're not good enough and feel like you're not worthy and you're not deserving? And if it's the second one, then we need to look at changing that meaning and changing the way that you attribute meaning to the experiences that happen in your life. And for me, travel is definitely something that makes me super introspective about things that are going on and taking a different perspective to them so this is it for part one of my euro trip so going into solo travel being super intentional about the experiences that you're cultivating and some of the mindset shifts that come with that as well like enjoying your own company the meaning that you're attributing to your experiences knowing what you want to get out of things and also having those boundaries like you know, maybe you are on a bit of a tighter budget with travel and you have to have boundaries where you say no to things. You know, you're not just like going along with plans that other people have when you can't actually afford to do that, when you don't have the finances to do that in setting a boundary in place. Or you'd maybe rather be spending your money in another area than going along with what someone has said or tour guys are trying to get you to spend money with them and it's something that you don't want to do. Instead of being a pushover, you're like, no, nope, not for me, sorry, and you, and you move on. These are all mindset shifts that I have made throughout the past five years of my life traveling and also specifically on this trip is just being that extra level more intentional about what I want to do, who I want to be, how I want to experience things and in going into part two of the trip that was like times 10. So to look forward into uh what we have to look forward to in part two of this episode is I'm going to be talking all about manifesting first-class experiences and the mindset of already done and I'm very it's just like the second part of the trip was just such a whirlwind and so many things happened from free accommodation to upgraded seats to um, you're just gonna have to wait to hear the rest of it because there was there were so many interesting things that happened. But definitely my takeaways from this first part is just being having the audacity to to ask for what you want and having the audacity to go after experiences, even if it looks like, oh, I don't know whether it's gonna be possible or who am I to do this? Like I got to experience things that I will treasure for the rest of my life on this trip. I really did. And it's not a moment that goes by that I'm not grateful. As I said before, there were moments in the trip where I was just crying. (laughs) Like even just walking into Tomorrowland for the first time, I'd had like one drink. So I wasn't even drunk at this point. I'm walking in, I'm like, I'm really here. I'm really here experiencing this with my friends. I get to experience this. And it's, it's quite common for me to cry when I'm overwhelmed by happiness. Like it's just like, I think crying is such a beautiful experience for me and yeah so I hope you've enjoyed listening to Europe trip part one and I can't wait to share part two and manifesting first class experiences and the mindset will be done with you next week. Thanks for tuning in today I am so glad to have you here and if you love what you've heard remember to subscribe and leave a review because it helps even more people find and enjoy the podcast and I just appreciate it so much. One last thing before you go, what was your biggest takeaway today? Screenshot the episode and share on Instagram at afeasalter underscore to let me know. Okay, can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, gorgeous.